Hey legend, today we meet back with Helen and Seb and Monique and Gio celebrating three months Earthside. I've got Gio on my lap, coming to the end of the fourth trimester and that newborn bubble. Yeah, it's pretty tricky, isn't it, mate? Bittersweet as we say goodbye to those long, sleepy days and hello to the sweet smiles and laughter. Monique and Helen are two very brave mums sharing the hard stuff. We aren't just here to focus on the trickier aspects of parenting, but to share in those joys and celebrate the amazingness that comes with being a mum. A very realistic balance, hey Gio. This month we cover some of my favourite topics, baby development, baby sleep, baby talk, and of course, baby play. So let's get right into it. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy. With over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras, webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips and my favourite, on-hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect, and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. Hey mum, it's time for Baby Vanta. And we're back for part three of month three with Monique and Helen. And if you've listened to part one, it was all about sleep with Claire Fair from the Gentle Sleep Coach. And if you've listened to part two, it was always about all about baby talk and communication with Eleanor, our speech pathologist at Western Kids Health. And for part three, we're going to be talking more about baby play and movement. If you did listen to the past episode, so part two, you will hear me get very emotional at the end when we talk about different things that impact your child's, I guess, development experience. And for a little bit of context, context, I had a really tough time with Mr. Will, who is now seven, and really struggled for probably from about four months till about nine or 10 months with him. And it wasn't very, I wasn't in a very good space. And he is a very sensitive child now. And he has a few, like he's he's a wonderful little boy, but very sensitive and very attached to me. And, you know, he also has a, a chronic health condition. He has juvenile arthritis, which is really ironic because I've worked mm. with that for over 10, like, you know, for a long time. And it's not, you know, then your child. Anyway, so there's a lot going on for him and we've had a really tough period in the last little while. And whenever things get tough, I always come back and think, is it my fault? Like if I'd got help sooner or if I'd, you know, not had to try and entertain him for all hours of the day because I was all like, you know, try and fix his sleep because there was something wrong with him or there's something wrong with me. But that's not true. And that's, you know, that just comes back to my bias. But sometimes I get a little bit emotional thinking about that because I have to correct my own self-doubt and it's hard as a mum or a parent you constantly doubt your ability and you constantly feel like you're going to stuff them up for the future mm-hmm. and you're not because you're here and you're, you're trying to do the best you can for your child and 30 percent of the time <laughs> and every child's so different they, they so are they're all different there's no rule and book. so there's no rule book and like we yeah I'll talk about it another time but we had a I had a 
I really understood the saying, little people, little problems, big people, big problems. And it's not to say that it's not hard. Like this phase was really hard for me, the under one phase with my first. But when they get older and their problems are no longer directly your problems. So they're yeah. at school and they have issues with friendship or they're struggling in the classroom. Like I can't, there's nothing I can directly do to change that. I can't be there every mm. minute of the day holding his hand or helping him sort through those things. And like watching your child struggle emotionally with those things is so different. When you've got less control. Yeah. Again. And like yeah. you can be there to emotionally support, but it's that realisation that you're no lo- like you're now just a support for them and they are going to have to work with this on their own. Like where, where they're two and three and they're having a meltdown and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm regulated too. I'm going to help co-regulate you. Like that's a very different scenario. And so it was just, this week was a bit of a realisation moment for me that, wow, we've hit a new stage of yeah. cognitive development, which I know, but I just didn't think about it as a parent. Experiencing it yes. is different again. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. But anyway, we're going to talk about baby play. But that was a little bit of context for you while I was trying to <laughs> not to burst into tears. Yeah. So guys, do you have any questions about baby development and play at three months old, which is coming into my favourite playtime? Well, I might just link into what you just said about that kind of parental doubt, I guess it is. Yeah, here's me Um, trying to skim over it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I know that a lot of the stuff that you do is about the physical development and, and, you know, at the moment it's reaching and gripping and looking and focusing and those kinds of things. And I guess one of my questions is if I'm spending some of Seb's awake time with just sitting on the couch with him or maybe reading to him or, you know, family members holding him and cuddling him and all those things that are really lovely, but then we're not lying on the back or doing the tummy time or on the side lying or all those things that it's like, oh, I need to do that too and I need to do that too and oh, what about this one and I haven't done that and just, you know, if if we're not spending that awake time doing the physical development stuff, am I, you know, impacting him or, you know, where's that balance? Oh, variety is the (laughs) spice of life. And every family is different. So some like, and every person is different and and every person and the way they connect to another human being, like we all have different personalities and there's, there's no right answer. You do not have to do reaching for every minute of the day for your little one to learn how to reach. So what I do in trying to, like everyone's always asked me on Instagram, can you please put an age recommendation for this activity? And I'm like, no, I can't because it's about a stage and every baby's brain develops differently and their interests are different. So some play ideas, like if you see them starting to do this with their hand, this might be a fun play activity that you can set up so that you can drink your coffee and have a break so that they can independently explore that. That's that's what, like, you know, they can give that a go. Mm-hmm. But they have to still choose to, it's like... their personality. Yeah, and they still have to go, oh, right? I want to bat yeah. that balloon or I want to grab that thing. They might be like, stuff this, I want to sit on your lap and look at your coffee. <laughs> but, you know, a lot yeah. of the time, like, I, like, when we started this adventure in 2020 together with my little girl, which I was at a much better place and happier to play and do different things. We played a lot with Will, but it was much more for me, a connection based thing with Claire is I just wanted to, I missed out on a lot in that first year with Will because I was focusing on the big milestones and I was not in the, in the best place. But with Claire, like I wanted to relish the joy in the little things and notice all those little things was was happening. And for that, that brought joy for me. And then a lot of parents that I spoke to 
there was so much anxiety and other things going on in the world that being able to focus on those small things and really bring the horizon back and be and, in the moment, and be in the moment yeah. like sometimes that's what, what gets you through. And so the play ideas are more like you don't have to do them all day. We do not play 100% of the time. God, that is not realistic. Like my house would look like a tip. My husband probably thinks we play 100% of the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you don't have to. You can just go like I'm going to put aside 10 minutes of like – super cool connection time and I'm going to watch him and I'm going to respond to those little lookovers that he gives to me and I'm going to, you know, see if I can like, you know, like at three months old on some, for some bubs in tummy time, you can roll them a little ball and they can like knock it with their finger. They won't reach, but they can like knock it back and you can play like back and forth because they, they, they get that. They want that. Well, some babies, some babies are not there yet and that's totally normal, but you find a way that, you know, in line with their development to connect with them. And I think that's what I saw see parents struggle with is like, how can I connect with my baby? Because I don't understand their development. Mm. I don't understand how I could play at this age. And so these activities are more just like they are fun and capable for your baby if they're showing these types of signs. And then that's a way for you to connect and share joy with them. Does that make sense? Mm, So it's not like you must do this for your little one to develop. They're probably going to develop anyway, maybe at a different rate or, you know, you know, they might different skills, different well. skills, and yeah. they might, you know, they might, you know, they might be a little bit like slower to gain that skill, but they'll still gain it. Like m- most kids, and they'll walk. have strengths in different yeah, areas, and they have strength in different yeah. areas, and their personality will drive those interactions. Mm. And so, some babies are more chatty, and some babies are like mum messaged me last night. She's like, "My baby's nine months, and they just want to walk, and all of these things, but she will not post anything. Like posting is putting things in things." And I was like, "That's okay. She's only nine months. Like this is the earliest stage you'll probably see posting." And she was like. Oh, but everyone on Instagram is always sharing ideas where you put things in things. I was like, dude, my kids didn't do that till like 14 months because they were climbing trees and riding scooters and doing other things. They just didn't want to sit still and I Mm. couldn't force her to sit still. And also, if you look on Instagram, that kid might have done it for like 12 seconds and then they might have gone. You do not know that that's reality. And so remember that Instagram is not reality and they were like, I was like, just follow their lead and find their interest. They might want to. So my son would not sit and post anything at home. But if we went to the park and there was a drain, he would post nuts into that drain <laughs> over and over and over again. Or that's leaves, so fun. I don't leave into the fence holes or that up the That looks like pipes. something I'm not meant to do. Yes, yes so I'm going to do that because I like that more. And so, you know, that's sorry about that city of Sterling and all your blocks. <laughs> but yeah, so you just have to follow their lead. But you don't, there's no rules. There's no right way. You do you and you find the best way to share joy with your little one. Yep. God, that was a bit of a rant. Sorry. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> it definitely like makes me think about when I have meetings with parents at school and kids are stronger in some areas and not strong in other areas and they're like, what can I do to make them better in that area? And like, sometimes that's just an area of weakness for them. Sometimes it's better to do more of what they're good at mm. so that they build more confidence and then generally they're happier and then they're happier to give other things a go as well. Yes. In saying that, I needed basic math. So we do need <laughs> to try and push through some of those hard things. Yeah. But it's there's, you know, there are areas which you will naturally excel in as a passion and there are areas that you need for life skills. Absolutely. And I think if we yeah. can, you know, have a variety, we know that we're giving our kids the best opportunities across the board and then they'll take what they want from there. We're at a point right now where, yeah, Gio is starting to grab things and open up his hands when he's on his back more so. But when he is in tummy time, his fists seem to still be 
quite closed and yep. every now and then I get a glimmer that they're opening up a little bit yep. to like bat things. Is that quite normal? Yeah, totally. Everyone, I think when you look at marketing products, like if you look at like the baby gyms and they come with that little tummy time pillow and there's like a baby on it and it's like sitting over it, it's like doing things with your hands. You're like, oh my God, my three month olds, they're like seven months in that picture. Yeah, yeah. And those pillows are huge for baby babies, like newborns, yeah. but they, in terms of reaching development and how their hands develop, Remember that they're like when they're in your tummy, they're all like flexed up. And so they're often stronger in that on on their back to mm. use their hands first. Whereas when they're on their tummy, to use your hands like properly, you need to shift your weight to one side so that one hand can reach out. Yeah. And that's hard. Like that's pre-rolling. Mm. And so we 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 expect to see reaching on their tummy, like full reaching out and grabbing around six months. So whereas reaching on your back is like that, you'll see batting around three months and that reaching and grasping around that four months. And there's a variety in that as well. They're like yeah. averages. But yeah, so that is totally normal. Also, they're working, when they're fisted, they're often working harder to like control You can see the balance. concentration yeah, in his like, face. Yeah, he's like, I'm here, I'm looking, I'm doing things. And he might have some little finger movements, but it's hard to reach and like fully get that arm out. Yeah. But that's, you also see like, a, you might see around this time that accidental but purposeful rolling. So people say, oh, it's not on purpose, but it kind of is. They're experimenting with their body weight. So they're like moving their head around and that shifts their body side to side. But they have these ginormous heads. And so as they're moving their head around, they're like, oh, there's that tip point. Oh, I'm gone. And some babies (laughs) will be like, hell's yes. Like adrenaline rush. (laughs) Give this to me. And other babies are like, holy poo. I'm not going to swear because I don't want to mark it explicit. But holy poo, like... No, like, what happened? Why am I now looking at the ceiling? How did that happen? I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> and they'll like, and you'll see them and they'll go, oh, my baby rolled once and now they're not doing it. But you'll see them go to the edge and they'll panic and go back. Yeah. And they'll go to, and they won't, They so they, they could if they wanted to, but yeah. they're not because they're not into that. They're not sure. We and actually had a conversation last night about the proportion of head to body. Oh, yeah. What age does that kind of balance out a bit? Well, at adults, it's about one seventh to one eighth. And as a baby and where you are now, it's like one third to one quarter. Mm. And then over time, so still by five, their head's quite, I think it's a bit more proportionate. But as as their body grows taller, so it's more in those preteen and teen years that you wow. become more adult-like in your proportions. So, okay. But it's also really protective because it brings their center of gravity really low to the ground for like sitting mm. and walking practice. And so they fall lots, but it, they're falling really low. So yeah, 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 yeah. Not setting them up too high. No, <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> oh, Sibby. Yeah, so yeah. I have also noticed that Gio really likes being in the upright position. Yeah. So you can see the world the yeah. right way up. Yep. And I have been playing around a little bit with yeah. like cardboard box with him sitting in some blankets in there, like driving him around the house. I love that. <laughs> he loves it so much. I feel like drawing some wheels on there. Yeah. <laughs> wheels on the bus. <laughs> no, it's good fun. Yeah. Um, Is so, that okay? <laughs> yeah. So around three months, you'll notice your little ones start to be able to hold their head up when you sit them. Mm. So like they get this, they develop this thing through their nervous system called the head riding reflex, where when you suddenly are holding them up, right their head they're like well I can hold my head up now and mm. oh my god I can see the world like you and that is cool it's so cool I want to be <laughs> here all the time I don't want to be there what's that mean so they're upright and they've got this new control of their head and their head control continues to mature until six months but okay. to start with they get that head upright and they're like whoa this is really cool I'm really happy here and that's when they'll really like to be held 
Mm. like, you know, in sitting or held in standing or held over your shoulder or, you know, being upright and engaged with the world. And then over time that develops down their body. So they get that postural control and they'll start doing these little mini baby crunches a little bit later around the four or five month mark. And that means that they're getting ready to roll. Like it doesn't mean that they're wanting to sit, but they, they want to explore that world in different positions and playing in upright at the moment when you're holding them, like is perfectly fine. And so, okay, cool. Yeah. Even the like pushing down, I know Helen was talking about Seb pushing down with his feet. To oh, yeah, yeah, standing yeah. Position. Like if I'm burping him in particular or like also in the bath, we've noticed, but sometimes just randomly hmm. when he's upright, it also seems to kind of be when he's gassy. Like I don't, so I don't know if it's him making himself rigid to try and use his mm. guts or if he's actually trying to stand, but he, he will like push his legs against me and like try and yep. straighten up. And so up. there's different cues as like I'm uncomfortable and I'm like, and I'm tensing because I'm uncomfortable. But then they also have in their feet this reflex, which helps them take weight through their legs. So mm-hmm. like if you put, if you push on the balls of their feet, they'll push back. Ah, and that, yeah. and that, and that's why when babies first pull to stand, they're up onto their toes. And then by the more time they spend in standing, it's not that that reflex goes away. It's that they get stronger and overcome it. But that's like, if you have a car crash and you have a brain injury, you'll go back into those reflexes because they're still there and okay. you know, those patterns will come back. But anyway, so they will, like, you can, like, hold them in standing and you can hold them in sitting, but you're supporting their trunk and their trunk hasn't got that strength yet at yes. three months. Some babies might have a little bit more, like, there's that variety. So some babies will, like, sit with their arms out in front with their head, like, kind of looking up at four months and others will take a little bit longer to get to sitting and that's okay. But, I, yeah, they're, they're not ready to stand by themselves yet because they don't have that core and that trunk and that hip control. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it doesn't do any damage from time to time when they're if you're holding being them. Held up. No, because yeah, yeah. you're not going to be able to hold them for more than a few minutes before your arms start dying, and then you'll put them down. <laughs> no matter how much parties. No, do. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, you know, um, especially not with these boys. No, no they're they're good sized boys. They're yeah. great. But like you know, if you're using something like a stander or a jolly jumper, which if you look at the marketing for that, they're like put the baby in and have them on their tippy toes for the standers, and that's like a full liability thing. So they Mm. don't actually want babies taking weight on their feet, which is why they say put your tippy toes up. Because if your little ones at three months were taking weight on their feet flat footed, their hips aren't ready to hold that weight for an extended period of time. Yes. And so like it's not it's not safe. So that's why the marketing of the standing frames like be on your tippy toes. But like for an older baby that's seven months and the hips have fully gotten bony or ossified we call it. They can be in a stand but you don't want them on their tippy toes. You want them flatted footed and taking weight. So it's a little bit like I wouldn't recommend the standing devices at this age because their bones of their hip and their postural reflexes and their control isn't quite mm. there yet to hold it for an extended period of time. You holding them is very different. Very different, yeah. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that answers your question about jolly jumpers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's a different thing again because it's jumping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a force in its own. Um, but, yeah. It's, it's a- One's a little bit off what we've been talking about, but Geo is completely obsessed with the change table. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but ever since we brought him home, he loves that spot. He always seems to be looking up at one spot in the roof. <laughs> and then, but Shadows. even this morning I was, like, drying my hair with the hair dryer and he's just so happy. Yeah. I don't know if it's that he's, like, at a height where he can – kind of have that communication and interact with me 
yep. somewhat the eye contact and he's laughing at everything I do and I'm like, I'm so entertaining. You this are is- entertaining. <laughs> you are the best person in the world, Monique. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he loves you so much. It can be. It can be that he's higher and that he's closer to your face and like yeah. eye level. It can also be that he's nude. Like, you know, often on the change <laughs> table, Rudy. you're nudie Rudy and babies. I had a little boy in clinic actually this last week and I was checking his hips. So you take the nappy off because you've got to like fully assess. And I've like, you know, taken his knees apart and he's pissed himself laughing. He's like, <laughs> and I've closed his legs and he stopped laughing. And I open his legs. That was weird. Starts laughing again. See, when you and said pissed himself, I thought I that was going in a different <laughs> direction. Sorry. I was very conscious of that. We're at the hazard as being a baby physio. But no, he's sorry. He, he cackled himself laughing. And he just thought it was hilarious. Like every time I opened his legs and his mums were just like, what? What's going on? But it was really funny. So being nude is, is such a it's such a wonderful experience for them. And so that might be why he likes it as well. And yeah. sometimes he's closer to like seeing the window seal and different things with shadows and contrast. Yeah. But often people say like, what, what do you recommend for like, my baby doesn't like tummy time or what should we do for, you know, to help them with their development? I'm like, just spend 20 minutes a day nude, like on a waterproof mat or like, yeah, cool. you know, on a, on a sheet that you're happy to wash because remember they're learning about where their body is in space and they, they have an arm that they have a leg and all those things. So when you're giving them sensory feedback into their skin and they're getting full sensory feedback from either the sheet or the sheep wool thing, what's that called? You know that you, Sheepskin? Yeah, sheepskin. <laughs> <laughs> like they're getting all these different feedbacks. So even like you put the mat down on the grass, it feels different again. And like you're nude, they're like, they get a lot more information and you'll see them kick more and do different things. And, that and is, is that why swimming? Yeah, and in the Similar. bath, same, yeah. like they're free. That is something that I actually wondered, obviously, being winter at the moment when they're just at that kind of stage that they are pulling and kicking a little bit more. When their little outfits have the, mm, the little like feet, the feet things. out. Yeah, so like because of the temperature, it's I don't want to freeze them, but then mm. I also think, oh, is he? does he need to, you know, feel, like feel the world? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes, well, remember, it doesn't have to be all day every day. But like if you go, okay, we're going to have 15 or 10 minutes nude on the floor and you can have or have your feet out even like or and like have a little bit less clothing because often the big bulkier, like, you know, you have your jumper on and then this and then your big trackies, like it is harder for them to understand where they are in space, but it doesn't have to be all day every day. You don't need to take him to the park and freeze his feet off. (laughs) (laughs) It's harder for them to move when they've got three layers. I know. (laughs) Kind of like like a star. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think there is some research around like babies born at certain times of the year and hitting like five, six months in summer yeah. actually have a, a little bit, not by March, like minimal, but that development seems to trend the average a little bit quicker. Not not March, but I think it's because they so have less clothes on and they're, yeah. they're able to explore how their body moves more. But you don't need to like, we don't need to heat our house all day and spend all day nude. You can if you want to. But <laughs> Right you know. before bath time seems to be a good time yeah. to get him nude yep. and he just is thriving at that point in time. Yep. And We're like, we'll, he knows he's having a bath. He's so excited. It's but I was like, so maybe it's not. Already. Maybe it's just that he's nude. <laughs> Possibly both. But also like when you have boys, they do tend to wee. And so one of our tips would be like to, as well, I do this as a physio, like when you're about to take their nappy off, you like make it a little bit cold by pulling the nappy down and maybe a cold wipe and then you put the nappy back on and you yeah. wait like mm-hmm. 10 seconds and be like, come on, I'd already do it so I don't get hit. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah, I don't want to change my shirt today. He's weighed on a lot of people <laughs> oh, already. Oh, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> <laughs> mm, but yeah, so no, the nude, the nudie play is a good one. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I guess going to Bali, he absolutely loved it. And I think it was because he had less clothes on in general. 
No, I said you're <laughs> It's true. <laughs> yeah, hanging by the pool in his little speedos. <laughs> oh, he looked so cute. He did. Oh, and those sunglasses. Mm. Very cute. But yeah, coming back to winter was quite a challenge for him. Oh, it was it's like, a challenge for everybody. Why, yeah. why do I have to have clothes on? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, I feel sorry for those people that have like lots of snow all of the time. Mm. Mm. Although they're very good at going outside no matter what the I weather. Know. And their houses are way better at yes. keeping the heat in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you adapt to your environment. See, humans are adaptable. Yeah. My sister in law is Finnish and so is Helen's. Oh wow. <laughs> but her children, no matter they're living in Australia, no mm. matter what the weather, they're outside. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I would love that for Geo. Mm. I can't keep my kids inside. Yeah. Yeah. And my son will not wear anything but shorts all year round. Yeah. And we are very lucky in Perth. We do yeah, have great weather. Perth, yeah. so we, even we, in winter, we do get the sunny days. Yes. But we don't wear usually enough layers <laughs> because we're not used to it being it's cold. cold. It's 17 degrees. <laughs> oh <my cold>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Helen, you look like you wanted to say something. We're just oh, no. About One of the things that Monique and I had both sort of talk to each other about over the last month is our boys are big. They were born big. They're still big. And, you know, when are we needing to transition from capsule or bassinet on the pram into the seat or or from sleeping in a bassinet to sleeping in a cot? So I've actually mm. just recently tried to let Sab have his arms out at night more. He seems to prefer that just recently because he was in the swaddle style sleeping bag earlier. Yep. And so I've been trying to let him have his arms out, but keep him warm. That's been my battle. But I've noticed he puts his arms all the way till he's touching the edge and then he stops. And that seems to be like, I'm in my zone. Yeah. Like he wants to, so he He wants to know where he is in space. Yeah. He settled better when he had his arms in originally. Mm. And then he started making more noises and seeming like he wanted more freedom. Mm. But he puts his hands all the way till he's touching Mm. and then he sleeps. Mm. And it's like, okay, cool. There's an edge. There's a boundary. So I don't want to move him too soon to the cot where he won't be able to reach the edges, but also like he is big. He does weigh a fair bit. Like what's the safety point? Yeah. I think it did, well, your bassinet will have recommendations on weight, different things like that. And if he does start to roll, then the bassinet is not the right size. Yeah. There are recommendations about when is the best time to move them away from you in terms of a like a SIDS perspective and things like that. So I won't comment on that, but I would encourage you to go and look at the guidelines around that, but also make the choice that's right for your family and right for your sleep needs. So you did ask about when's the best time to transition from the car capsule or the bassinet to like a proper pram. So in the old days, you would have your bassinet style pram and then you'd have like a seated pram. And so they like, if you're going from laying to sitting, they would say six months for the sitting, like for the for the being sitting upright, and they don't recommend actually jogging, like in a jogging pram, until your bub's got that sitting control, like independent sitting. However, now we have really fancy prams that have like multiple levels, mm. and so mm. at this age, they've got this head riding reflex where they're now able to hold their head up a little bit more, and so you can transition to the other style of pram and put it on that incline. And you, if you're a you're with them and watching them because they're facing you with the pram as well. You know, in the old days, like the pram would face mm-hmm. away. Like mm-hmm. now we have all these fancy tech stuff. You can actually watch them and see like they're able to hold their head in midline and their nose stays straight and they're like happy as Larry and maybe like 10, 15 minutes in, they start to tilt their head to one side. Yeah. And that means they're fatiguing and you need to go, oops, and you need to go back to flat. And so like because there's 
differences on the incline, you can definitely swap to the other stage of the pram after three months because you can watch that neck and that position in space. You don't really want to be walking for an hour and have them like, you know, all sleep slumped over over to to the the side. You'd put them back to flat. And so this, you know, and you can even do tummy time supervised in the pram and different things like that, especially if your pram has a little window that opens and strap them in. I've noticed that. Quite a few people like that. Yeah, really so cool. um, so around this age, you can switch out of the you know out of that bassinet and into that multiple level pram because it will go up and down. And we've started using the pram seat a lot more today. I'm mm. in the capsule just because he's been a bit unsettled. Yeah, but he seems to like that just a lot the more. Stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> Looking mm. out the side of his eye. At me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. Yes, and they will. He's he's naturally wanting to be engaged with his world, and so they want to be more upright. Because and it seems like he has more freedom when yep. he's in his pram seat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and definitely from the capsule. The capsule's quite like it's quite a container. Contained, and so it's harder for him to move his body freely. I'd actually wondered because we decided not to go for the capsule just because we thought for the amount it costs to get one, he might not mm. stay in it very long because we knew mm. he was big mm. and my husband's so tall and everything. So that's actually the reason we decided not to go for it. But I quite like the fact that in the bassinet, he's always had a lot of ability mm. to move around and move his arms and legs and that kind of thing. But he doesn't particularly like the car seat. And when we were over east last week, my uncle was um, very generous and hired a capsule for us so that we could have, so we actually didn't take our pram. So Mm. he hired the capsule for his car and that was all we needed. But it was a capsule, not the car seat that we have. And it was a different size and shape and he did not like it very much. Mm. It was And is it just what they get used to? And that's what I was wondering. I was like, is it It because it was... But then it can also be like the different inclines. So Mm -hmm. like when you put your car capsule in, we didn't go for a car capsule the second time around because the kids just outgrew it so fast and like made more economic sense to go for the zero to four. That's just what we decided. But, you know, like the first time around we changed Will really quickly because he hated it, you know, around one, whereas Claire stayed um, rear-facing until she was like two and a half, Mm. basically until my husband like became a stay-at-home parent. He's like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they say try and do it as long as you can from a crash and safety perspective. But, yeah, I think it's like there's it's a big struggle. We often hear parents say, that my little one doesn't like the car seat. Is there something you can do as a physio or can you can you do something to their neck to help them like that? It's often just a time thing. So like the first three months can be really hard in the car from a vestibular and a sensory and a detachment from you and, you know, you're moving differently mm. and there's different noises and it's colder and, you know, like different things. And so often it is just time and that nervous system maturing and then people go, oh, but I went and saw this person and, you know, now they're all happy and you're like, oh, when? And they're like, oh, at three months. And, then, like, and I'm like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's like, I wonder if we did a big study in the intervention versus a natural time, whether the same babies, same amount of babies would, you know, adapt. So, and that's where the research comes in, which hasn't been done, but it would be interesting to see that. But yeah, so I, there's no right answer, but I would always check like how many inserts you have in you know, how like warm, cold do they have? Do you have a mirror so they can see you? Like, cause some mm. babies are fine as long as you're holding their hand in. And so it's more of an attachment thing. Like they just need a yeah. more yeah. high sensitive baby. They need you close by. Like, but it's often like a dread thing in the car, especially if you don't have a village and you don't have someone to drive you around and your baby and you're like, I know I've only got to go 10 minutes, but they're screaming yeah. and your heart is like bleeding. And yeah. But you have, I always come back to the circle of security and that's rupture and repair. So they've had them, like that sucked for them, but now I'm here again and I'm repairing that and that's okay and it's not damaging my baby and yeah. Mm. 
But anyway, tired. I like the car mirror. In the, yeah. There. yeah. Except my husband's like, he's trying to work out why the voices are coming from behind him and he can see <laughs> us in front of him. It's a weird concept. It's so bizarre. <laughs> um, especially because they don't know it's them in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, like they're and still starting to concept. see further. I think he can yes. then see our faces in the mirror. Where, where and he's are you? Like, How you're over I? there, but your what? voice is there. Yes. So it's all a bit. Poor little Mark. They have a lot to work against. <laughs> like it's a confusing old world out there. It is for sure. Certainly very happy when my people that were available from my parenting group this week were like, oh, we're going to go to this place. And I'm like, that's around the corner from me. I can just take the prayer. Yes. Yes. I don't have to do the car. I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a tricky one. And so, yeah, you just don't know day to day. Sometimes he loves the car. Sometimes he's like, no, we need to be out and about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other play or development questions? There was something that my husband picked up on and then the more I'm watching what Geo does, the more I notice as well. Mm. He seems to be stronger with his left hand and I was just really curious if like left versus right-handed is something that you can see early on or if it might just be something that's developing at that point in time then the other hand will catch up and then yeah, and how like left you, versus right-hand even happened, works. What happened, Monique, when you Googled it? I didn't. Oh, good. <laughs> I've been actually really good lately. Good. I'll just really, ask you and then wait for the answer. <laughs> that, must be that. that must be because you have a WhatsApp chat with a baby physio. <laughs> exactly why. <laughs> if you, Otherwise I would have. <laughs> if you Google it, it's not It's not nice to Google. Like basically if you Google anything about babies and one-sidedness, it'll come up with this list of horrendous things that scare the I'm living so glad I didn't look that up. <laughs> um, and then if you, like if you, and on, on, on general Q&As, people will say, oh, you know, they're Right, their dominance will come between, you know, like close to, you know, 18 months, two years to four years, you'll start to see that okay. come. Yeah. But there's this grey period, right? So when they're really little, we always, like if they're predominantly only, it's not if they're using both hands but you notice things, it's more like if they're only using one arm and the other arm isn't really active, mm-hmm. like what's going on? And sometimes it's related to that tight neck or head preference. Yeah. So if you imagine you're a little baby and you're in the world and you don't, no, you're a little baby and you don't know you have arms and different things. And you are always turning your head to one side and you're always seeing this right hand. You don't know you have a left hand. Yeah. And so often we see with bubs with torticollises or head preferences that they will have a hand preference because they don't really know that one exists. Yes. And then when we sort out the head preference or the torticollis and well, sometimes the head flattening, like, and we introduce that other hand, they're like, oh, hello, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> I've got two. Oh, my God, and they go together. <laughs> oh, this is great. And so, like, when we think of, like, you know, f- what do we need to think of by three months, we really want to see their hands coming together and that they're able to bring their hands together and they're starting to sort of bring them to their face and mouth and that's, like, it's a really beautiful milestone and they can hold that midline and they can hold that well and look at you which is probably like everyone's like, oh, they're reaching. I'm like, oh, hang on, we're not there yet. Yeah. That's not a that's not a point for us we want to at three months where it's yeah. just the hands together. But everyone goes, well, they shouldn't have a hand preference. Like they should, they should use both hands all the time. But babies go through this really interesting phase where they do. They have non-dominance or like, you know, they use both or ambidextrous. They use both hands all the time. But then they will go through phases where they learn how to do a new skill and sometimes they have a – dominance in that phase. So like when they roll, they will roll to one side first and then the other side will kick in. And when they start to reach or discover their hand, they'll discover one and then the other one will start to kick in. And so they go through periods of using both hands and then a dominance phase and then back to using both. And then 
the dominance phase and you see the progression of skills mm. around that dominance phase. So rolling, it's not about rolling. Like, yes, rolling is great, but it's actually why are they rolling? They are rolling to interact with their environment and they're reaching for something. So the yeah. reaching and that desire to interact is driving a movement. Okay. And so everyone goes, oh, but they're not rolling and I'll, I'll move their arms and their hips for them. And I'm like, oh, like it's them wanting to engage I with their the environment. Desire. The yeah. desire. And so yeah. some babies are like, I've got three older siblings and I'll just go, eh, and they'll bring me my toy. Like, I don't need to do this. And so it's not that they can't roll, it's they won't roll because they're, they're, you know, King King Geo, like got all his cousins <laughs> around him in Bali with his little sunnies and his speedos on, like everything's come to him. So, you know, all there's, the things, there's yeah. always context, but the same with hands and knees and crawling, like babies will rock and plank and do all these beautiful things on their hands and knees and the reaching, that going, oh, I want to reach means that they start to shift their weight and then they're like, oh, Oh, hang on, I can do that. I can the reaching drives and this yeah. when they're standing, that reaching will drive the step. And so that's really like fine and gross motor skills are not separate. Like everything. So it's not so much care. about handedness as so much like they've learned a skill mm. and they learned it on that side. Mm. And then they have to learn it again in a different way kind for of. the other side. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of just comes and goes. And some babies will just be like, I do them both at the same time. And like there's no like right or wrong way, but you often see that they will learn it. And they will do something on one side and then they'll start doing it. Like, so they'll roll to the right like five or six times or maybe over a few days or maybe a week and then they'll be like, oh, now I've got the left. Mm. And so you can see that, like, but it's not like a set, like if it hasn't been 12 days and 24 minutes, like, mm -hmm. and it, you know, like that's wrong. Like it's not a time-based yeah. thing. So we just want to see that they're continuing to progress and that they're using both sides, but they may go through sides of dominance, but you want to see that it evens out. Yeah, Makes nice. sense? Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, cool. yeah, that's good. Hmm. He definitely has found both hands and he's got them in his mouth. Oh, There's yeah, drool this is everywhere. The mouthing. This I, is when the mouthing oh, starts. I had to buy like so many more bibs because <laughs> he's going through so many a day. <laughs> oh, yes. It's yeah, fun. Otherwise, Always. everything's drenched. Yeah. It's, you forget about the saliva. Like, we, we had reflux and so we just had spew. But yeah, you forget about the dribble, the dribble and how much dribble. But the mouthing is really normal from, oh, we should have asked Eleanor about that, but from a like desensitizing their mouth and their their reflex, like their tongue thrust and their gag reflex, but also from like an exploratory of the world because like yeah. they can mouth things. So that's how I'm going to feel things. Yeah. Everything goes in their mouth. That's very normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of setting up play, mm. we've talked a little bit about having like a gym type mm. uh, archway. Yeah. Is it meant to be over the shoulders or over the face or in between the two? Like what – it, does it encourage different things in terms of sight versus reaching versus batting? Like what 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 are we aiming for? Well, I would lay down yourself and think about where you would best you'd interact. <laughs> but um, actually, variety is the spice of life. So when they're really little, like under when they don't have that hand control under three months, and it's all about the eyes. Like you want them to be able to see it on their back, and so like you can put it right above them, or you can put it down near their knees, which will encourage their chin down a little bit more in a different development. Like, so. Variety is the spice of life. You can change it around and it will encourage them to use different parts of their body. Okay. Like right in front of them that's easy. They can get their mouth and, you know, they can grab and do different things. But if it's a little bit further up, they have to reach higher up. I like putting things on elastic because, you know, like the stuff you put in your clothes or elastic so that like if you hang your O-ball when Gio's like, I got it, like right. woohoo, and he can bring it to his mouth and then he's like, oh, no, it's gone, but it's still where I got it last time. And so rather than like it kind of – 
this is me putting my baby in a little gym doing physio workouts <laughs> and reaching. But you don't need to do that. But but yeah, so like you can bring it right in front or if you bring it over to one side, like it'll bias their hands going over to that way or the other side. And then, you know, if you put it above their head, then they have to reach and look in different directions. So you're talking about cleaning the neck rolls. Oh, uh, yeah. And you ask about how do you clean the neck rolls, like getting them to look up at something because now they've really developed those eye skills where they track around, like getting them to look up either like. And that's stretching back. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you can clean the neck roll. So I like, you know, having them over your knees, like so that their head's resting a little bit more on the front of your knees rather than on your thighs. And then like having, you know, a dog or a, I think I said to one family that I was working with the other day that had this beautiful dog, I was like, do it near the glass sliding door and put some peanut butter on the outside so that <laughs> the dog's licking and the baby's and the like, oh, like, yeah. Wow, this is cool. <laughs> so like, you, let's make it fun for the baby. She loves the dog. so But you don't have to do that. You don't have to feed your dog peanut butter. Vets do not come at me. But, yeah, so, you know, you can you can use toys or faces or siblings or partners or books and, yeah. you know, that looking up can really, like, you can, you can that's a nice way to stretch open. I was so surprised how much stuff gets stuck in the neck roll. Oh, my God, so much. And under the arms sometimes <laughs> yeah. too. Like if, if you look under their arms and they're, like, being a really tight, you know, like, I'm determined baby, and then you're, like, and they're, like, oh, my arm, and you're, like, oh, my God, there's so much fluff here. I know, and my sister's, mm. like, have you, like, found all the gunk in his neck? And I was, like, he doesn't have gunk in his neck. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> the worst. I think it was about seven or eight months and I looked behind his ear and I was like, oh my God. I've I found this. that the other day as well. And I was like, oh. Because she also said, it, like, how crusty does it get behind the ear? And I was like, crust. No, it does. There is oh no crust God. behind there. Yeah, that's one bit of solids I'm really not looking forward to is like having it in all the crevices. <laughs> oh. Well, yes. I think, I think, guys, you have, you guys have been here for like, three hours now and I think we should call it <laughs> call it ahead we've had a really good chats today but yeah. so this was our little three-month chat we're coming up to our four-month chat when your little boys have been earthside for four months that's crazy So we'll hit up the WhatsApp with more questions. If you guys have questions you want answered in the four months, I'm trying to decide whether intro to solids and like we get our good old mate, Dr. Kyla, legend that she is at four months or five months. What do you reckon, guys? I'm keen for four months. Yeah, so we're prepared. I'm so interested. Yeah. (laughs) All right, all right. Just so we're prepared before. I'll bring the wine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, we're trying to preempt the stages that you're going through so that you're not stressed in those situations. But if you have any requests for topics, because we'll do mini series, like I said, we're going to do a risky play mini series as well between the month drops so that you've got a little bit of, you know, variety. Variety is the spice of life. You might have heard that 45 million times this month. <laughs> but, yeah, so if you have any questions, please hit me up on Instagram or email me or drop them in the comments down at the end of the podcast. And anything that we've talked about today will be linked. Remember, if you are stressed about milestones and you're worried about reaching or tummy time or other things, we have the free milestone guide, which gives you visual pictures of what goes on and how babes progress so you can be in the moment and not worry. So I'll link that to at the bottom. And yeah, if you have stuck around this long and you use the code BABYBANTER with this link down below to the Baby Play Academy, you also get a special discount. That's so good. Mm. And the Baby Play Academy is amazing. I've been on there a lot more lately now that I'm like (laughs) in a groove with life with a baby. Yes, yes. And so, and (laughs) there's so much stuff on there. I think the best thing about Baby Play Academy, so Monique and Helen have a WhatsApp directly to me, but so does everyone on the Baby Play Academy, everyone posts questions. And we just answer them and we point you in the right direction and we link you up with videos that are on there that help you kind of rationalize and like, okay, what can I do? Oh, that's, oh, I can do it that way. Oh, this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. So, and we're constantly adding to it too. So it is pretty fun. So good. I really like it. Even just following you on Instagram, oh, there's yeah. always videos. No. And I'm like, oh, 
I know. I can do that. I know. I can do that, Evie. Oh, so good. Thank you, Thank you guys Nicole. so much. Then, Seb, you've been such a sleeper today, little man. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Magic carrier. Helen's <laughs> like, yes. Geo's having a two-hour nap now. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry it's your nap time too, but Nick's <laughs> no. like, I need my coffee. Nah, all good. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming to that guy today, guys, and we look forward to month four. Yay. Thank See you. See you then. I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy. With over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras, webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips and my favourite, on-hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Baby Banter. If you've enjoyed it, or if you have more questions, let's continue the conversation over on my Instagram, Nicole underscore Kids Physio. You can also check out NicoleKidsPhysio.com for lots of goodness, as well as the freebies mentioned today. Do you know a new parent or have a family member with questions? I would love it if you could share this podcast with them. Don't forget to leave a rating and review and I'll see you next time on Baby Banter. Hey mum, it's time for Baby Banter.